Welcome to freescripturebooks.org. The Knowledge of God. My name is Jeff. We're teaching on judgment. And this particular one is the day of the Lord or the wedding day. It's a good day for the church to be united with our groom, Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming for his bride, which is the church. And so this is a day of judgment. And this is a good day for the day of the Lord. There's another day called the day of judgment, which happens at the same time. That's not a good day. Um, but we'll get more into that. So we're on uh, part four of the day of the Lord. Philippians uh, chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. I'm going to read part of it right in the middle. It says, In order to be sincere and blameless in the take, until the day of Christ. The day of Christ is the day of the Lord. It's the day that the Lord is King of Kings. The Lord, uh, Well, the, the day that the Lord comes for his church. So let's read the whole scripture. And this I pray that your love may abound. So, so Paul is praying for his church and also praying um, for us. And he's not like Jesus, but, you know, we can pray for our future. I'm sure you prayed for your children's children even before they have children, right? So in this I pray that your children may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. In order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruits of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So we want to be blameless on the day of Christ, which means we can't do it ourselves. It's a fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ and not our own effort, not our own work to the praise and glory of God. I want to stop for a second because there's some people that believe that people in the heavens still pray for us. And I've heard a teaching on that. And that's not something I agree. Uh, I, I agree. If we know Jesus is, we know Jesus is making intercession for us. But I just want to talk about when I said Paul prayed this over church and it could be praying over us too, just like we pray over, you know, or even some women, you know, pray for their husband they haven't met yet, right? But I just wanted to make that make that clear. So we want to be sincere in our walk with the Lord. We don't want to be haphazard. Have you ever been with somebody and and they said they wanted to be out with you, but you just knew that, that they would rather be somewhere else? Especially with cell phones. People have cell phones and going, Can't, you know, what? Why are you on your phone texting somebody else when I'm right here and we're having a discussion? Maybe I need to leave and text you if I want your full attention because whoever's texting you has your full attention. But we want to be sincere in our walk with the Lord we, so we can be blameless until the day of Christ. We want to do it in spirit and in truth. The scripture talks about those who are, God is looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. We will worship is more than just a song. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is everything that we do. We, we are supposed to come to God in, in spirit and truth in everything we do. Worship even comes from the root word of work. So even our work needs to be to the glory of God. We worship God in spirit and truth in the work, in the words that we use, in, you know, in, the, in whatever we come through. So, so if we want to be found sincere and blameless in the day of day of Christ, then we need to allow the Spirit and the truth work in us. Faithful and true. It's a big, big thing. You know, the longer you've been with the Lord, the more you know that He is faithful and true. In fact, that's His name, faithful and true. But He is He wants to call us faithful and true. So in fact, when we're judged on the day of uh, um, the day of the Lord, uh, the, the, the church, He says, "Well done, good and faithful servant." So we want to be faithful and true to what we do. We don't want to be presumptuous. That, that's happening way too often where we're presumptuous, where we think we have faith, where we think we have love. Remember, Peter thought he had more love for Jesus than all the other disciples. Then a few chapters later, we find out Peter is the one that denied Jesus three times before men. You know, so we don't want to be presumptuous. And the only way be, is not to be presumptuous is to be is not only to be sincere, but to allow the Lord to work in to work in us um, the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ. Let's go to the fifth point on the day of the Lord. Philippians uh, chapter 2 verses 14 through 16 at the end of this chapter 
or at the end of this verse, in the day of Christ, I have been, I have, I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor tore in vain. So Paul's talking about on the day of Christ, he's going to have reason to glory. So let's go ahead and read the whole section there. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless. Once again, blameless. Innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of crooked and perverse generation among whom um, you appear as lights in the world where lights in the world holding fast to the word of life holding on that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. So Paul was really his biggest fear was to run the race in vain to do something and I don't like that dude. I mean how many of us like to do something to find out it's worth this is not any good. How would you like to work and who care, you know, it doesn't mean anything. And so Paul was worried at times during his ministry that, that all the ministry he did was done in vain because people just weren't responding like he thought or, you know, that they should. So he's telling them to not be grumbling or disputing that they need to be blameless and innocent. Children of God above reproach and this crooked and perverse generation. So in the day of Christ, I'll have reason to glory because I did not run in vain or toil in vain. So just him seeing. So we, are, we, we will be rewarded by the works we do, by the seed we sow, by the water that we give. You know, but Paul is even saying, I'm going to glory just seeing you go. I'm going to glory just to seeing you there at that banquet feast of, of the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to be, I'm going to say, praise God, I didn't do it in vain. Because there are some people in Scripture that did do it, you know, they didn't do it in vain. They did what God told them to do, and they're going to be well blessed. But remember, Noah preached 120 years, and the only people that were on that ark was his family. And so, and, and Jeremiah didn't seem to have much luck either. So that would be a very difficult thing to do. So, so here's Paul saying, man, I'm going to glory just by seeing you there. But on top of that, that he's going to be rewarded for speaking life and, and seeing people, many people saved, you know, and transformed and, and, in, the, and, and in the day of, day of the Lord. <clears throat> so no loss, you know, no self-effort, no vanity. He stood the test of the fire of the Lord. And the Lord says, every man will be salted with fire. So we stood the test. We stood the test down here. We're going to be tried by fire on the day of the Lord as well but it's better to be tried down here so we suffer our loss now because we suffer our loss now then we have time to you know to make up for what we've lost make up to redeem the time scripture talks about i heard of, about a guy um that uh, i don't know him personally uh, but this preacher was talking about this this guy had been had been a pastor most of his life and he was in his 70s and he and uh he came to a conference somewhere and 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 he didn't know the gospel. He wasn't really saved all those years. I mean, he loved, you know, religion. He loved church and he loved people, but he didn't know the real salvation. And he got saved that day and filled with the Holy Spirit. And he ended up going to this, this minister's uh, school to be trained. And they asked him, why are you coming at this age? And he goes, man, I, I've wasted my whole life. I got to make up for lost time. I need to know how to minister so I can go out there and, you know, see people saved and transformed. So there is no, you know, so we want to, you know, have the fire on us in this lifetime uh, rather than the day of the Lord when we can't do anything about the loss that we suffer. It says we shall, we, we all suffer loss, but not our life because that life was done by, um, uh, save our life because uh, what Jesus has done for us and not by any work of our own. But we will be rewarded by the works that we do in the name of Jesus, in the name of love. So let's go to the next part. Uh, the sixth part, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read several little uh, phrases in here. The day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. And down at the bottom says, God has not destined us for wrath, which is a good thing. We want to be 
in the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is going to come like a thief, so we need to be ready. We need to be looking out. Scripture talks about it won't be it won't be like a thief to those who are guarding the door. There's one parable that, where there's a servant. It says, well, you know, our master's not going to come back for a while. So it says he went, he went in and, and beat the servants or partied hard or whatever. But he wasn't at the door when the master came home. And so, but it says, if we were watching, then the, and there's another parable talking about if we were watching, then the strong man wouldn't have broken in and taken all our stuff. So those of us who, who are, are, are looking for the Lord to come, who are giving ourselves to the work of the ministry, who are being led by the Holy Spirit, it's not going to come to us like a thief, but everybody else is going to come like a thief. Because God is not destined for us for wrath, because the day of the Lord and the, and the day of wrath is actually the same day. You know, judgment's coming the same day, but those who are in Christ Jesus are going to be taken away from that judgment, and everybody who's not in Christ Jesus, that judgment's going to come and it's going to increase, increase, and increase, and increase. And that's First Thessalonians uh, 5, 1. And it says, Now uh, to, as to the times and epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will, uh, will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, the destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman of child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. And the day would that the day would overtake you like a thief. So right there it tells you we're not, that Jesus will come like a thief, but to us we'll, we'll know his coming. Yeah, we won't know his day and hour, but we know that he's coming. So we're not going to leave that, our post. We're not going to leave the door. We're not going to leave the place he told us to wait for him. If you are all sons of the light and sons of the day, we're going to see. You can't see things in the dark. you know. So we need to have the light on. And also in the dark, most people go to sleep in the dark. We don't want to be asleep. We want to be awake. We are not of the night nor of darkness, so that when you let us not sleep as others do, but let us, so, so then let us not sleep as others do. Remember, you turn off the light, it goes dark, and then you go to sleep. So if you not only so you have darkness twice over, you have the darkness because the lights are off, and you have darkness because your eyes are closed. But let us be alert and sober for those who sleep do do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of and the hope of salvation. For God is not destined for us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. Therefore encourage one another to build up one another just as you also are doing. So when so it says, when mankind thinks we got this, that's when destruction comes. When they say peace and safety, that's when destruction hits suddenly like, like labor coming onto a woman. So we never should say, we got this, because we never got this in and of ourselves. We may got this because giving glory to God, that God's got this, but we don't got this. The thief will take all the peace from the world. Because one thing, the people that were praying peace are gone. The one new man of sin. We talk about, there's a scripture talking about the one new man, which is talking about Jew and Gentile coming alike in Christ Jesus. Well, there's going to be one new man of sin too. You know, racism, social status, you know, all that kind of stuff they think they're going to get under control. They're going to think they're going to get all the problems solved by this one new man, which it is, it's compromised to the highest, allowing all kinds of gods except for the one true God, which is Jesus Christ, allowing everybody else to be Lord, but not the Lord of Lords. And I don't want to go too much into that. We'll get more into that in Daniel's Window and, and uh, uh, .org and some other websites. All people are equal no matter what they believe or practice. That's what's being, you know, being tossed and are taught. And that's just not true. Not all people, and all people were created equal, but not all cultures are equal. There's some very sick, 
devilish cultures. In fact, there were some in the Old Testament that God says, wipe them all out. We can't even allow the kids or even the animals to live because it's so wicked. Not all cultures are, are equal. Not all governments are equal. You know, not all ways are equal. God's ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so we need his ways and his thoughts. All people are, you know, uh, we are to be sober, not drunk at anything, including the good life. It tells us to be sober. That's not, you know, necessarily talking about not drinking alcohol or wine or anything else, but it's saying being sober. You can be drunk on all kinds of things. You can be drunk on your job. You, you know, you can be drunk on the possibility of prosperity, the wealth of wicked is laid up from the just. I know some people are drunk on that. I believe that's a true scripture, but there's some people so drunk on that that they're not seeing how close it is. They're not seeing where that wealth is. In fact, they're not seeing what side of the equation they are. I remember one time the Lord asked me, you know, the wealth of the wicked is laid up the just, which side of the equation you are. Meaning, am I laying up for the just or am I, you know, giving to the Lord so that other people lay up for me to do the work in the ministry? We need to be sober, sober, sober-minded. We can't be caught up, you know, we can be drunken in emotions. We can be drunk in love. You've heard that before, that phrase, drunken love. That person's not even making sense, you know, because they're so caught up in this girl or caught up in this guy. They're completely drunk. They're not, you know, they can't walk straight. So there's many ways we can be drunk and not be sober. And we finally, we are not destined for wrath. So I only got a couple more minutes and I got, oh man, I got three more points to make. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I want to read the first part. It says, Coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here he's talking about it hasn't happened yet because there were some people that said it happened already. And it wasn't. Uh, so, But he also says, Watch out for deception. And right now we have all kinds of ideas of eschatology or end times. People are coming up with all kinds of new things. You know, the, you've heard of the, you know, the pre-trib and the post-trib and the mid-trib. Now there's three quarters saved and three quarters oh who knows there's just so many different ways so many different ideas of eschatology coming out so we need to watch out for deception and keep the scripture and the christian apostasy too he's talking about here there's going to be a great apostasy which means people who are born again start leaving god they leave their first they leave their foundation they leave their first love they have a form of holiness behind the power thereof you know they they are ashamed of the gospel so instead of saying that jesus is the only way the truth and life that jesus paid the price through the blood he shed upon the cross and was raised from the dead on the third day now sits at the right hand of the father making intercession for us that he died for all sins of mankind that god is no respecter of persons that god doesn't favor one color over another or the rich over the poor or anything instead they want to compromise and say whatever you believe is 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 equal to what i believe and that's called apostasy. It's also called syncretism and several other things too. Uh, let's go to um, 8, 1 John, 1 John uh, chapter 4, uh, verses 15 through 18. I'm going to read the last part of it. It says, We may have confidence in the day of judgment because he is, so also are we in this world. So this is some good, good news. We can have confidence in that day. We should not fear the day of the Lord. We shouldn't fear those things. We should have confidence because we have obeyed him because uh, he is doing his work in us he is author and finisher of faith and what he has started he is well able and willing to finish that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is so are we are in the world so this right here is calling the day of judgment rather rather than the day of the lord because once again i'll show you more and more especially in the next episode how those two days are actually the same day it just depends on which side of the sword you are sword has two sides you want to be on the day of the lord where there is blessing and, or you want to be on the day of the Lord where there's judgment. And so we want to be on the day of the Lord where there's blessing. 
where we truly show that we are, you know, we are blameless before Jesus Christ. So we may have confidence. How, how could we have confidence? Scripture says, if you have, if your heart condemns you, you have no confidence before the Lord. Well, we get to the point where our heart doesn't condemn us because we're walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And anyone who's in Christ Jesus is, is not condemned anyway. So I want this confidence. As He is, so are we in this world. Can you imagine when the day He comes and we look at Him and we're thinking He's so heavenly that He's so far out of touch with mankind that He's such a super high being that we're just like, oh, I can't have confidence. But when He comes going, well, he looks like me, two arms, two legs, you know, two eyes, two ears, maybe a little bit taller or, you know, or, or whatever. But, but he, we're going to find that, that he is not, you know, an alien. He is not a different species. He is a man because he became a man. God became man, became flesh. The word became flesh. So as he is, so are we in this world. So we can behave like him. We can. We are the light. Jesus says, "I am the light of the world." And now we are made, also made a light of the world. Uh, no fear, only love. It says, "Perfect love cast out fear," and so that's what, and fear, fear, fear because punishment of, of of sin. Well, we don't have to fear those kind of things because if we're quick to repent, we're not going to be punished for those things, and we can know we can run to the Lord when we have sin or run to the Lord those kind of things, knowing that He's going to love us and help us out. We don't have to fear punishment. We don't have to fear being cast out. It says if any man comes to Jesus, he will not cast out. Jesus said that any man. He says, and no man can come to Jesus unless the Father sends him, and nobody can snatch him out of His hand. So when we walk in perfect love. Not us walking in perfect love, but walking the perfect love that God has for us, knowing that we can go to Him no matter how big or how little mistake we have, that He's not going to cast us out because we did it one more time. We can come to Him and have no fear of punishment and judgment, but we can have no sense of impeding judgment. And that's why so people are afraid of the day of the Lord, or the day of judgment, because they're fearing that judgment is coming, that God has had His, had his all that He can take, and now He's coming to judge us and to punish us. Uh, point nine, Second Timothy chapter four, verses one through five. I'm going to read the first part. It says, "I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing in His kingdom." Preach the word and be ready in season, uh, in and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. But you be sober, sober again. All these things endure hardship, do the work of evangelists, fulfill your ministry. So the first part of it says, Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, by his appearing and his kingdom. Jesus is coming of his kingdom. So Jesus is judging those who are living and those who are dead. So the living are judged and brought up and the dead are judged and left for trials and tribulations of hope and hope of a harvest. Talking about the day of the Lord, many people will be left behind and, you know, and, and so that uh, the fire will heat up and so hope, and hopefully that many people return, uh, return or, or repent and return to God. So it tells us to be patient until that day comes because things are going to get really hot. Things are going to be really difficult to the point where preachers are going to have to reprove, rebuke, and extort. You don't hear that much anymore. Anymore you hear about encouragement and how much God loves us. And we need to hear that. But I'm wondering what happened to the days when preachers were called to, to uh, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. You know, the, and so and those days I think are coming back quickly. So we need to be ready in season, out of season, and reprove, rebuke, extort with great patience and instruction. So it doesn't mean a preacher yelling out there and so we're all going to hell, but it means to be very heavy-handed on the Word of God that, hey, 
You've got to have Jesus. You've got to put your full trust in him. You cannot do it on your, on your own. We are his workmanship in Christ Jesus, not our own. We cannot perfect ourselves. We cannot be found blameless outside of his work in us. And he will finish what he has started in us. So we need to be giving ourselves to more and more instruction by the word of God during this time. Many will not endure. We talked about the apostasy that's, going, that's happening right now, in fact. You talk about the tickle me, the tickle me elmo. You know, we go to church and people want to be tickled. They want to be told about how great they are and how wonderful they are. You know, that kind of stuff. And we need to tell those things because God believes those things. But we also have the flesh and that flesh is really, really ugly. And we know even if you are a Christian, you can become ugly real quick if you're walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. Uh, tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. Remember that song? Um, uh it came out, I think, in the 80s, maybe, no, no, early 90s. Fleetwood Mac, Tell Me Lies, Tell Me Sweet Lies. It's a good sounding song, but it's not a good title. It's not a good song because Tell Me Lies. Who wants to be told lies? Why do you want to be told lies? But that's why a lot of people are going to these churches and tickle, tickle their ears. Just tell me lies. Tell me you know, how great I am. Tell me, you know, that I'm doing okay, that I don't need, the, you know, need to be holy i don't need all these kind of things all i need to do is mentally assent that jesus is lord and i'll make it and get all these wonderful things but i can live as i want to or i can just be blessed and have all these houses and all these cars and and wonderful and I, i'm not against the gospel uh, our, our prosperity but some people are so, are so drunk on that kind of stuff that they're missing you know the hearts and they're missing missing god and those kind of things tell me lies tell me sweet little lies uh, tell us to be sober, to endure hardship, because if you're going to live as a Christian, as a true Christian, growing close to God, there's going to be hardships. It doesn't mean sickness or, or that kind of stuff, but there's going to be some people that are going to look at you strange. There's going to be some people that are going to reject you. They're not going to want to be your friends or think you're too saved, you know, or, or too Christianese or, you're, or calling you legalistic or judgmental. Because just because you believe the laws of Moses, which means the ways of sin is death, but you also believe that Jesus is the way to eternal life. And so, so those laws of Moses cause you to focus on Jesus with great fervency, that he is our only life savior, that he is the, the rope that we need to get out of, of, a, of a sin exalted world. Speak to those around you, speak truth to those around you and fulfill your calling. So that is, so I finally got through that one. The day of the Lord, or with the wedding day, which is the same day, which also the judgment, the, the judge, uh, the judgment, and the day of judgment, which is what we're going to talk in the next episode. So, freescripturebooks.org, the knowledge of God, be blessed.